Redbox Media Programming is brought to you by... Are you looking to serve God and society? Consider putting your gifts to work as a lawyer. Ave Maria School of Law has been educating faith-filled lawyers for over 20 years. Ave Maria School of Law is committed to training lawyers to use law appropriately around the moral issues of our time. Visit AveMariaLaw.edu to learn more about integrating your faith with a law degree. This is Tim Staples of Catholic Answers. I'm excited to let you know that I also teach high school apologetics for homeschoolconnections.com, an online Catholic curriculum provider. There are also recorded independent learning courses at homeschoolconnections.com. Whether you take apologetics with me, literature with Joseph Pierce, or philosophy with Bill Donahue, or any of the other 400-plus courses with homeschoolconnections.com, it's a great way to get Catholic learning for your family. Hello and welcome to Real Living is Lavinia Spirito with Mary Lou Nemechek. And today we're going to uh, unpack a little bit further the concept of aging, aging in the Lord, aging in the spirit. What does that look like? How does aging with grace, aging with grace, which doesn't mean, um, you know, trying to look younger. What it means is, or to feel young, yes, I'm obviously it's good to feel good and it's good to look presentable and to be and to be good looking so that you give glory to your creator, okay? But we were our last show was about how, you know, we seem to be pushing back as we age against the expectation in our society that only the young are worth. Uh, are worthwhile, you know, only the people who look younger, only the people who have uh, beautiful faces, only the people who can contribute uh, from the vigor of youth are the ones worth having, you know, and and yet uh, we know that the Lord allowed us to get the ages that we are, that in, in, in a certain sense, we are the privileged who got to live, you know, we are the ones that actually had the grace to to get to be the age that we are. You know, and and nothing of this is a surprise to God. God always has a way in which we can be relevant and of service and not diminished in any way. If we would just adapt our concept to what God is thinking about when he thinks about his creatures aging in these bodies, because every day that we age, every day that perhaps our, our, our physical faculties, but not our mental faculties diminish, uh, we are getting that day closer to being with the Lord forever. And that's our goal. How can we lose sight of the fact that we're here to know and love and serve God and to work out our our salvation in fear and trembling, right? I, and I have a, a psalm that, that really um, talks about what you just said. It's Psalm 71, and it's verse 17. Oh, God, from my youth you have taught me, and I still proclaim your wondrous deeds. So even to old age and gray hairs, oh God, do not forsake me till I proclaim your might to all generations to come. Your power and your righteousness, oh God, reach the high heavens. So we we do have, we, that's our task, mm-hmm. to proclaim to all generations to come. Mm-hmm. That's right. And that goes under the heading of wisdom, don't you think? Mm-hmm. You know, hard fought wisdom. Mm-hmm. Um and it's wisdom. I think. I mean, I've I've seen it in younger people, obviously, but it's um, it's important to to not lose sight 
of what the final goal is. That's why in a certain sense, I've always had a problem with the Western ideal of, well, I'm going to work hard and then I'm going to retire and then I'm going to play golf until I drop, you know, that kind of thing. Or I'm going to retire to Florida, I'm going to California or Mexico or whatever. And I'm going to um, basically live in a, um, in a state of constant enjoyment. I don't know. Yeah. It's living a good life. It's going to be about me, 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 because I deserve it, right? Because I raised a family, because I worked hard, et cetera. But really, is that the way God wants us to think? Is that the way God wants us to think? At every point, it should be, God, what do you want me to do in this situation? And do you really, you know, I'm not saying it's a bad thing to retire to Florida and be in a golf community, if that's what you want to do. But while you're there, are you evangelizing? While you're there, are you on mission? While you're there, are you a good and faithful servant to the Lord? Right? I mean, that's what we kind of lose track of, don't we? Right. We are to proclaim. And the idea of retirement just gives me the heebie-jeebies in a certain sense, because I equate it with that sort of uh, turning inwards and now it's all about me sort of stuff. But it never was all about me. And why should it be all about me now? Right? Right. It's, It's just like, it never was all about me. It never should have been all about me. And it sure, certainly should not be all about me at some distant point in the future. Because what that means is that we just live to turn inwards. And, and uh, I mean, yes, okay, there are people out there who might be saying, yes, but what about rest? I earned it. Absolutely. We've earned rest and we need to know our limitations. Yes, it's true. I probably won't be able to ski a black, a double black diamond powder run, uh, with my knees the way they are now. And I, and it took me a while to understand and to accept that, but there are other things that I can do, not just with my body in which I can serve the Lord and perhaps derive just as much satisfaction, if not more. What do you think? Well, I I agree with everything that you're saying. And, and, you know, I've noticed since we've been in the pandemic that when church opened up, who were the first people that were attending the masses in, in, you know, in groups, a great number of people, but the people that were older, many, many women, it was like, no matter what's going on, that's more important than anything else. And, you know, we will wear the mask, we will do whatever is necessary, you know, stay six feet apart. But what really mattered was being back, receiving the sacraments. Mm -hmm. So that to me is an example of wisdom. It's an example of what is really valuable, you know, and I think that's an example of, of kind of wisdom in our society that, you know, too often raising a family, you're, you're just so in tune with all these other things that you forget what is really the most important. And you really have to carve out that time and you really have to um, bring your family. You, you really have to proclaim the gospel to your family. And, um, and I know people, I've seen people that are afraid of being around kids because they're afraid they're going to get sick. Mm -hmm. And I think some of the families stay away from, from church because of that. But, um, you know, and, and getting old, you're to that point where I don't care. I'll take my chances. Exactly. That's what I said throughout the whole thing. I was like, how, why does saving my life, Take away from me all the things that are wor- making w- life worth living. 
You know, why do I have to give up the things that make life worth living so that I can survive? And then I was thinking about all the saints that you read about who minister to others during the plague, you know, which was right. a lot scarier. Right. And who minister to others in 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 much more primitive times at the great risk of their selves. And they still did it. So how. That's kind of like cognitive dissonance to me, you know? It's like you meet a lot of Christians who are like, they'll do anything to survive. And it's like, well, really, is survival the highest good? Or is ending up with the Lord in heaven forever the highest good? I mean, what what are we talking about here? It's like dying is the worst possible thing that can happen. Well, yes, I would rather not die now, and I'd rather see my grandchildren arrive and all that stuff. Of course, I want to do, but I want to do what God wants me to do. And I do not want to interpret death like a disaster. Death is a passage and it's going to happen to all of us. And the real disaster is, are you not prepared? That's the disaster. So really, in a certain sense, we are approaching the the lover of our souls, you know, and every day makes us even more and more prepared if we will just let it. So there's, you know, different, a different, certainly a different take on age. I think it's, uh, it's good for us as older people, as you get older, but you know, I, even people who are in their twenties, if you're hearing this or even younger, um, you're going to be older tomorrow. And what you do today is going to determine how your body is and how your soul is, uh, in 20, 30, 40, 50 years. It may seem amazing that you will ever live that long. If God gives you the grace to do so, you will, but how will you be? You know, are you going for broke out in the sun without sunblock? Well, let me tell you, that's going to come home to roost to you. You're going to, you know, you may have some problems later on because of that, because you think that you're bulletproof when you're in your 20s and 30s. But in fact, you know, that kind of thing. Are you drinking enough water? Are you exercising and moving your body? Are you watching what you eat? Are you consuming too much alcohol? I remember reading when I turned 50, somebody gave me a book about how to survive forever and look 20 and you know, all that stuff. And it was all the usual things, right? Eat right, exercise, drink enough water. But it was also stay connected. Stay connected. Stay connected to your community. Volunteer. Think about others. And that's how we stay young is when we think about others before we think about ourselves, And that, in a certain sense to me, I think would be one of the keys to, to aging. Another key is don't stop worrying. It's like as we get older, we worry more. I know a lot of older women who are consumed with worry and anxiety and perhaps grief because when you get older, you accumulate thing, more things to be, to be aggrieved about, right? But what does God say about that kind of stuff? We shouldn't give ourselves a pass when we get older to hold on to grudges or hold on to grief or hold on. To, there's a, this same book that somebody gave me was like older women tend to drink more, even if they never drank it to excess in their earlier lives. For some reason, a, a lot of older women tend to drink too much or they tend to self-medicate. They, they tend to take value. They take that. You know, what is that if not trying to medicate against a lifetime of stress and worry and anxiety? Right. Right. In a certain sense, I, I, you know, I'm not trying to I don't want to overgeneralize, but it seems like obviously if you have not developed a healthy mechanism to dispose of things that worry you and that you are anxious about when you're young, when you get older, it's just going to be worse because it's going to be cumulative. 
You know, when you were 20, you may have been able to stuff things down. But now that you're 60 or 70 or 80 or 40 or 50 or whatever, things just don't stay down. It's more like a whack-a-mole effect, right? You think you have it down in one area and then you, and if you haven't resolved it in a godly fashion by bringing it to God, by confessing it through the sacraments, by staying connected to your community, by serving, etc., you are going to turn into a bitter older person which in a certain sense is a caricature, isn't it? Right. Right. The grumpy old man, right? The crotchety old lady. I mean, actually, you even think about the word crotchety and the thing that comes to mind is what? An older person. But why should that? Because you've allowed um, these things that you should have let go of and you should have dealt with in a godly fashion to begin with. You've let them accumulate. So the, the key would be stop being sad. Stop being aggrieved. Stop holding on to unforgiveness, bitterness, and resentment because of things that happened 40 years ago or 50 years ago or 60 years ago or 20 or 10 minutes ago. You know, the Lord, those things that the Lord says about forgiving and letting go of bitterness and resentment and anger and stress and worry are applicable at 12 as they are at 20 as they are at 90. What do you think? I, I I agree. And, and you know, in scripture, it's always telling everyone to take care of the widows and the orphans, you know, the people that, that need help. And I'm not saying physically, I mean, emotionally that they, they that in the family or the community or organization that they're included. Mm-hmm. That is the best thing that you can do for people is to make them feel welcome and to include them. And so often people think, well, so-and-so is older and maybe she wouldn't want to do this or he wouldn't want to do this. Ask them. Let them decide. Yes. Let them decide. And even the invitation is something that means so much to someone, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. even if, even if they feel, no, I I think I'll pass on that, but you know, let's do this. Let's Mm -hmm. have lunch together. or Let's Mm -hmm. go to a movie or let's do something else. You know, that's, what's important. Mm -hmm. There's there's always a widow or, there's always a widow or an orphan next to you, and they may not be widows and they may not be orphans, but they may have that spirit within them whereby they're orphaned, exactly. right? They may be the, your divorced neighbor, or they may be your single mother with four kids. They may be the single guy who hasn't found a path in life. I mean, you know, everybody is worth our intention. And what is stress really but trying to gut things out? I mean, obviously, you know, the whole process of of cortisol levels going up uh, goes back to the ancient fight or flight thing. I see I see a saber toothed tiger. My stress levels rise. <laughs> my cortisol allows me to run like heck for my life. Right? right. Except we are always constantly in our modern society with the too much stress and the cortisol levels are, are elevated and it just wreaks havoc on our bodies and on our souls. So the idea, I say that because as you get older, you've seen the caricatures of the old ladies that are angry or the old guys that are uh, worrying or in it's stress, stress, stress. And it's also holding on to things that happened a long time ago. Well, remember the Satan, the great liar, the accuser is always going to be in your head telling you that you're not included. You're not welcome. You can't do this. Um, you don't have any more meaning in your life as you get older. I mean, it's very easy to 
fall to that lie because mm-hmm. it's it's a societal thing. It's you know? a societal thing, yeah. And um, and you have to be very you ha- every day you have to get up and and ask for God's help to get you through yeah. the day for every blessing that He has for you. And we got to do that whether we're twelve or or ninety five. Yep. Right. Yep. So um, I would say another thing is stop being angry. You know, we know people who are angry all the time. You know, or we also know people who are complaining all the time. You know, watch your speech. I mean, the things that, again, were valid at 25 are even more valid as you get older because of the famous cumulative effect. You know, you may be able to get away with it when you're 25, but when you're 65, you're not going to be able to get away with being angry and unforgiving and complaining all the time. One, because people aren't going to be around you. Right. And two, because it's bad for you. You know, it's bad for and, and, and three, because it is sinful. It is simple to carry a grudge and it is simple to be angry all the time. And it is simple to complain all the time. And it was, again, these things apply to us as we get older and they apply to us as we are younger. So stop being angry, forgive, stop complaining, um, stop worrying. Those things belong to the old mindset. In 2 Corinthians, it said, Paul says that the Lord has given us through the Holy Spirit the power to overcome strongholds. So strongholds are what? They're like old habits that have entrenched into your mind, you know, habits of unforgiveness, habits of fear, habits of of resentment, habits of anger, habit, you know, just strongholds that establish themselves or get a beachhead, maybe early on, or maybe a stronghold of negative self-talk. Oh, I'm dumb, or I'm stupid or I'm nobody likes me or you know whatever whatever you're strong I'm sure you recognize what I'm trying to say that there are mental patterns that we have entrenched so far into us that they're strongholds but the Lord through the Holy Spirit can overcome these things we just have to open up to him and you know I think as you as you age and you're around perhaps family that you go and visit and don't see very often and all of that you know you have to look at at those relationships as you know anybody that you see or that you're with this might be the last time i'll have that opportunity to be with you and you don't want to leave anything left unsaid amen and 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 if someone dies suddenly you didn't have that opportunity believe me it really eats at you Mm -hmm. because you feel so badly that you didn't have that opportunity or you miss that opportunity. So I would say, you know, God is love. We're to love God and love one another as he loved us. It's, mm-hmm. it's very simple. Mm-hmm. You know, we just have to strive every day to try to try to do that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Sorry about that. Uh, okay, so towards the end, but it's kind of summing it up a little bit. Um, do, don't keep... I, I fall into that. Don't keep... Quit complaining about what you used to be able to do that you can't do anymore. (laughs) Right. (laughs) I mean, there's a certain way in which do what you can do and stop uh, being sad about what you can't do anymore. And that, I think, is wisdom. Don't you think that's wisdom? Yes. Find new things to do. (laughs) Have a purpose. Have someone to love. And I don't mean go out and get a boyfriend or a girlfriend. That's not what I'm talking about. What I'm talking about is have someone you can care and you can love as Jesus loves. You know, you can serve the poor. Hey, there's always ho- housefuls of homeless peoples um, 
out in our communities, right? You can go down to the homeless shelter and prepare a meal or just be on hand to carry stuff. I mean, there are many, many, many ways in which we can actually be at the service of those around us and love them. Form close friendships, form close relationships. You know, we're, we live today in a society that's kind of standoffish. I mean, everybody's friendly, you know, especially in America, everybody's friendly, everybody's on a first name basis. But then they, there's like these like curtains that come down, you know, when it when true intimacy is wanting to be achieved, when you want to really be friends with somebody. And then it's all about, oh, I can't tell my 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 stuff to people and I have to be private. You know, especially my mother's generation was that way. Oh, they're not going to want to hear my problems. Well, no. Yeah, true. Most people don't want to hear about problems. But if you're invested in another person's life and you're actually available to be there to listen, that is another thing that's going to make you younger. But it's going to make you younger only if you don't hold on to the things you hear, but you give them to God. You know how you pray with somebody and then you have to like cut yourself free from whatever sadness or whatever may have come in through the prayer. That's that same thing. Stop comparing ourselves to others and follow the Holy Spirit for what he thinks that we should do. I mean, you know, as always, being in the middle of God's plan is the best possible thing. Let's conclude this show with verses to live by from Psalm 92. What has to do, verse 12, the righteous flourish like the palm tree and grow like a cedar in Lebanon. The palm tree was a symbol of eternal life and the cedars of Lebanon were incredibly tall and very, very strong. They are planted in the house of the Lord and they flourish in the courts of our God. Verse 14, they still bring forth fruit in old age and they are full of sap and green. To show that the Lord is upright, he is my rock, and there is no unrighteousness in him. So that's Psalm 92. Be green. Be full of sap. Be vigorous. Be planted in the house of our God. That, brothers and sisters, I think, is the mindset to have as we go into the aging process. Thank you for joining us. This episode is brought to you by Hallow, the number one Catholic app. Hallow has 1,000 audio-guided prayers and meditations for you to deepen your relationship with God. To listen to all of the Hallow meditations for free for 30 days, head to hallow.com slash breadbox.